Youth Radio presents a special program brought to you by a partnership with Fair Play and local business Popcorn Kernels with a Twist, WFHB's Fair Play Underwriter from February through March. Fair Play Underwriting is a national initiative that encourages community building and greater social justice by connecting independent radio stations and by POC-owned businesses. Last month, the youth radio crew stopped by Popcorn Kernels with a Twist to talk to the manager, Fred Bennett, and owner, Dr. Virginia Gathiri, to get their perspectives on starting a business, making it through the pandemic, inspirational advice for future entrepreneurs, and potential new flavors of popcorn. Could you tell us just a little bit about yourself? My name is Fred. I am the manager of Popcorn Kernels with a Twist, which is owned by Dr. Virginia Gathiri. One day we were having a, a football party for a church. She brought this popcorn in and this popcorn was delicious. Then she had a little little storefront and then she took a hiatus for a little bit. All during that little hiatus, people were bugging her about the popcorn. Mm, I see. And then 2016, she's like, you know what? I'm jumping right back into it. The shop opened shortly before the pandemic, right? Correct. How did you stay afloat during that time? Well, we accredited everything to God, number one, okay? We actually were out at the mall beforehand. Someone had told Dr. Virginia, let's go on out to this space. So something had told her, hey, it's time to relocate. So we came down here exclusively as a pop-up shop. This was in 2019. Then comes March 2020. And what, what happened in March 2020? COVID. Bingo. Yeah. So everything shut down. So we had a little time off. But once they started opening up a little bit of the restrictions, we did curbside. So we were producing popcorn for customers that ordered online. That is our saving grace. Once we did that, people were able to come meet up with us here. We delivered a popcorn to them and we go from there. And then once the restrictions got lifted more, we were able to come back in and boom, do this right here. Before the pandemic, mm -hmm. did you have any types of you know, lessons or principles that you wish you would have known before COVID? The only lesson that we got from this was don't take anything for granted, okay? We've seen a lot of businesses that are no longer here. We easily could have been one of those businesses that could have went by the wayside. So we don't take this for granted at all. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we try to make everyone happy that come through that door. Would you say that the pandemic, do you think with that, it was easier to get towards customers and cater to their needs, or was it really hard to do that? I don't think it was really hard because number one, we love our customers and we're going to meet our customers wherever we can. If our customer says, hey, could you please meet us here at this certain time? I can do that within our business hours. <laughs> so it wasn't really hard for us to pivot. It wasn't at all. We could do it just so we can keep the customers happy. You so know customer what I'm satisfaction right here. Bingo. Yeah, five, seven out of five. Bingo. <laughs> So what would you say is your favorite popcorn flavor? Mine personally is the buffalo cheddar because mm -hmm. I like it a little spicy. My second would be the classic caramel yeah. because it's made with a lot of butter and a lot have, of brown sugar. Do you have any vegan alternatives for people who are vegan? Actually, we do. And I try to keep it, you know what I'm saying, out there along with every other flavor that we have. For instance, our kettle, that's vegan. We also have a dairy-free cheddar cheese. Our caramel at the fair, that's vegan friendly as well. Matter of fact, any of our colorful popcorn that you see, our candy popcorn, that's all vegan friendly. Are you working on any new flavors? 
There's some up here. Gonna take some little bit of tweaking to get it right. So what would probably be the most um, upcoming flavor? <laughs> the most upcoming? You are trying to get that out of me, aren't you? <laughs> What's an upcoming holiday? Valentine's Day. All right, so be on the lookout for some Valentine's Day flavors. I'll tell you this, it's called Hot For You. And are you familiar with the red hot cinnamons? Uh, okay, yeah. well, if you're not familiar with it. They live longer than me. Keep on living, okay? <laughs> but yeah, that's something that's coming down. It's red hots candy on the popcorn. Is there any advice you'd like to give to anyone um, who's planning on taking a similar position um, in a business? As this is a black owned business mm -hmm. and it's founded by a black founder, mm -hmm. particularly to those groups of people, okay. how would you kind of give them advice and kind of disrupt all societies and status quo? I'm gonna put this on a, a human level for all transients, all race, color, right. gender. Number one, you got to have the vision. After you have the vision, write it down and see it through to the end. You're gonna have roadblocks, doors shutting your face. Ignore all that, stay focused. I know y'all heard that from your parents or whomever, but stay focused, it is the truth. Just stay focused, you will get there. You will get there. We turn to the owner, Dr. Virginia Gathiri, for a little more information on who she is and her entrepreneurial process. As a young person, it's good to see sometimes how things are formed and made and how they actually happen. A lot of times people don't get that until late in the game. And when you don't know what it takes to curate things, make things that people buy and consume, we understand this is handmade stuff. So there's a reason why we charge what we charge because every piece of anything costs and it's usually the person who's developed it paint, you know, and so for somebody to see it as a young child, it really does offer in them an appreciation just for how stuff is made. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what were the main driving goals and um, dreams that you had about creating this business? Yeah, so I am a full-time faculty at Indiana University Bloomington, and I'm also, uh, I guess, a visionary of sorts. I've been called a renaissance woman. <laughs> Not really sure, you know, if I would completely fit that term or definition or name. I am, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been entrepreneurial since I was a little girl from selling Girl Scouts in, I don't know, first grade to experiencing my father having businesses. And he was also what we call gainfully employed. So my father was in finance. He always had a full-time job, but he had businesses on the side for as long as I can remember. His father was the same way. So my father is a native of Kenya. And so his father, my grandfather, was Kenyan. Same thing, family businesses, family farm. And so I was the child of three who picked this up. I was the one who said, oh, that's kind of cool, you right? You can do other things. You can do a bunch of things. And my parents never restricted my siblings and I. They pretty much told us you can do anything you want. You can be anyone you want. As a for 40 year old woman, uh, I still hold that as a mantra. And so I think that's part of why I'm able to just go after things that I dream about, that I vision about. I know Mr. Fred was telling you guys something about, you know, make sure if you hear something, you think about it, write it down because there's a reason why that drops in your mind. I am a believer of that. I also think when you write stuff down, you're signaling whatever you believe in, whatever that force, if you do, everybody doesn't, but whatever that higher power or force or God conscious or soul conscious that you believe in, I believe things can be orchestrated to connect the dots, right? I'm talking about that from first 
personal experience. What got me to doing this was just the fact that popcorn is my favorite snack. I could eat popcorn for lunch, dinner, breakfast. I've put milk on some of the sweet, hard uh, <laughs> varieties that we have. And because of that, I understood that there was no, when we first developed or opened the shop, outside of the thing that used to be in the union, there's no standalone shop. So I said, hey, I'm gonna create it. And so I looked in what it took for the food laws. And like I said earlier, Sassy was 12 years old when she drove with me an hour and 45 minutes one way to go to a state approved commercial kitchen because I was aware of the law. And I knew that if you wanted to sell food to the public outside of a farmer's market or what they call a roadside stand. So if it's not a home-based food business, there are certain laws you have to follow in every state, but I knew the law in Indiana. So I had to drive to a commercial kitchen, prepared the stuff, didn't have a storefront at the time. I was just kind of personal selling, but didn't have the resources I needed to continue. We did move to a space, uh, ended up closing. But again, that dream kept kind of gnawing at me. You know, when somebody's annoying you and you're like, oh, okay already. So it kept gnawing at me. And so 2016, we restarted. And uh, yeah, so here we are again from 2016. And yeah, it's been pretty, pretty awesome. All interviews conducted by Gene Herr. Audio recorded by Sebastian Higgins. Produced and edited by Marty Abadi.